ineffable, too great or extreme to be expressed or described in words. Our conscious and unconscious desires, feelings, and thoughts about society, spirituality, and salvation we yearn to talk about. Jungle, a situation or place of bewildering complexity or brutal competitiveness. Living in a chaotic world of entertainment, distractions, instant gratification, and uncertainty on the daily grind that is the jungle of life. Enjoy the conversation. Fluid. Playful. Stimulating. And intellectual. Welcome to to the the Ineffable Jungle. Alright, good evening ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 456 Podcast because we always winning. Uh, as usual, I'm your host, Gamble, and here with me tonight, I have a very special guest and an interesting vibe going on tonight. I have Miss Lil' Bit. How you doing, Lil' Bit? I'm well. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm living the dream one day at a time, you know, taking it one step. Living your dream? Shit. Trying. Or trying, somebody. Trying to maintain. It's still my dream, <laughs> I guess, you know? Sometimes you gotta have faith that, you know, shit's gonna, shit's gonna be alright, you know? It always will be. Facts. So, crazy thing is, well, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Talk to me. Let's get to know who Lil' Bit is. Who's this Lil' Bit? Where are you from? What do you do? So, right now, I am living in this city, taking care of my two heartbeats and taking it one day at a time, trying to mm-hmm. maintain and adjust to life because it just keeps on happening. <laughs> and doing the best that I can. Your two heartbeats. My two heartbeats. You mean my two heartbeats? My two heartbeats. You mean our two heartbeats? Okay, that's fair. Facts. So, Lobit is uh, the mother of my two beautiful children. Um, does a great job as a parent and and co-parenting. Uh, we just put him to bed and we were having a good little solid discussion. So. I was uh, thinking about a conversation that, you know, I really wanted to have with you when we started to think about having this conversation, having the podcast. And the thought was, and I don't fucking remember off the top of my head, but the thought was, what is the most important part to you about parenting nowadays, given like the climate of the way the world is? Or if you could take like the top five things as a parent that you can give advice to or you wish you knew, that's a better question. Five things that you wish you knew before becoming a parent, a black parent in today's America, what would they be? The five things I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I knew who I was mm. prior to becoming a parent. I think, you know, becoming a parent definitely uh, slaps you in the face of reality of what you, who you are and who you are not. Um, In good and bad ways. Um, I wish I, well, all of it kind of circles back to who I am and who I thought I was and who I realized I may not be after having kids. Okay. You know, like patience. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me a little bit more about that journey for you. So, I mean, I I feel like we were kind of thrust into parenthood. You know, Cameron came early. And that whole transition and 
dealing with all the emotions behind not knowing from one day to the next if what you created was going to survive yeah. and what that means to you and nothing else after that or besides that even really mattered mm-hmm. so I don't know it's just it's so much it's, it's really hard to even narrow it down to just five things but the most important of them all would just be I wish I knew a little bit better who I was but maybe that's the point of having having children uh, isn't it though like I feel like we don't really know jack shit until we really have kids agree right and even then our kids are teaching us something new all the time like we were just talking about that a, a moment ago about one of our children teaching you something new and and really both of our kids teaching you something new about like how to handle certain situations in life. And I think the comment I made was, you know, children are like beautiful because it's like pure. It's 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 what humans are in their base form at their base level exactly. just being exactly who they are and being okay with it. Before the world gets to Before them. yeah. Yeah, before, before world, we get to them. Before we get to them. Jesus. Like if there's not That's one scary. if there's not <laughs> one thing, right, that I've learned as a child and being able to kind of and then becoming a parent is that how much the, the parents affect the blueprint of how that child's going to become, you know, and who that child's going to be. So like today we went over the numerology report, I guess of the all four of us, mm-hmm. right? And listen to mine, listen to yours, we read it off, and then we plugged in Cameron and Nova stuff, and it was like, damn, could mine plus you equal that? That would be amazing. Right? <laughs> it is amazing. It, it is. It would be even more amazing to see that, you know, fully formed. But a lot of that, I think, is going to be shaped by who we are to them and what we pour into them. There's no doubt. There's no doubt to me. Like, honestly, um, I think it's it's so important for us to get make sure that our mind is right and, like, cognitive and cognizant of what we're exposing those kids to and how we handle our day-to-day interactions with them. I know for me personally, and I don't know about you, but... I find myself holding myself accountable a lot of times, like even in live action, just feeling like, oh, I should be handling this a little bit different. Like, oh, I should have, you know, been a little bit tougher on on the little one because she's she's getting away with murder right now. And how is that going to translate in the future? You know, I see that a lot. And talking about accountability and instant accountability is. It's Cam, because his expressions and his face and his eyes will instantly hold you accountable for something that you may have said too harshly. Yeah, facts. Or facts. <laughs> and you you instantly want to correct it, like, no, I'm sorry, I love you. You know, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> and not only too harshly, but sometimes you say something and you think it's like, it's like you said it like in a nice, calm way, but he felt your energy, mm-hmm. right? Like, he knows you're frustrated in him. 
mm-hmm. and you're still like, damn, my delivery wasn't quite what it needed to be there to get the point across that I'm trying to get a point across, you know? Um, Absolutely. And that, like, that's a gut check because it's like, fuck, I'm trying to teach them better than this, but yes. I'm still getting this out of out of my actions. Yes. Absolutely. And that that's the ultimate gut check. Like, nothing feels how that feels when you're just doing the best that you know how to do, as our parents did with us. You uh-huh. know, I, I saw a post that once said we didn't realize that we were pretty much watching our parents grow up. They, we idolized them and we thought that they were the epitome of what adulthood looked like. But essentially, they were growing up as they were raising us. And now we're in that position. Uh And so, you know, and I see that when I look in his eyes of that kind of correction on, unfortunately, he has to kind of deal with that correction, but how to handle him, how to deal with him. And I want to understand my kids as individuals to the point where I know how to deal with them best for how they're going to take it. Like, Mm. I can't deal with him the same way I deal with her because they're not the same creature. They're so different. They're not the same creature. And I want to be attuned to each of who they are, each of who their souls are that I can best attribute to that. Yep. You know, I want to develop them in such a way that I've honored who they are in my dealings with them that they honor themselves and they know that anything that feels different other than how mommy treated me or how mommy saw me and how she understood me is not anything that's for me. Mm. Because I, that's something that I I wish I had. Yeah, it's it's crazy when we... Um, like, for me, I, and I agree with you 100% because it's, it's uh, important to... I think it's really important to not, like focus so much for me, not focus so much on the things that I was quote-unquote missing out of my life than to focus because that like that stuff has already made me who I am, yeah. right? So if I focus so much on the past, I'm not necessarily looking towards the future Agreed. and looking at, I'm too much looking at my shortcomings and through the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you know, it was a completely different lifestyle back then, completely different situations. So if I focus on that too much, I'm going to be trying to um, fix corrections that don't necessarily even make sense for today's generation, mm-hmm. you know? That makes sense. Yeah. And more so, I try to, like, understand who our children are and then how to best impact them for who they are and make them, like really like coming to a to an understanding of being comfortable within their own skin and and what they represent yes that's my number one yeah my number one goal is to raise people not just children because they're going to turn into they are people they're people yeah and they're going to spend more time as an adult than as a child but to raise people who are happy with who they are and who when they see a shortcoming they're able to have the the courage mm-hmm. and the insight to correct it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I literally started telling Cameron recently. He was like, he does, he does weird shit. Our son, like he smells everything. 
It's sensory. <laughs> Olfactory senses. He wants to touch everything, <laughs> study everything, and he's always been that way. Well, in Let's, his defense, he's let go of a lot of the repetitious behavior. Have you noticed that? He has. He has. But the, everything is still done with a purpose. Yes. <laughs> right? Let's not get it twisted. So, when it comes to him, it's like, I have to tell him, like, yo, you're weird. You just, you do weird stuff, Cameron. And he's like, no, you're weird. And then I say, I know. I know, I'm cool with it. I do weird stuff too, but you're, you're special. So that's so, the way making him comfortable. Exactly. Gotcha. And that's the thing. Like, because he's going to hear that. He's going to see that. Like, he's going to know that he's different than other people. So if you're comfortable with that already going into it, then you're set up for so much success just in general because you're so comfortable in your own skin that you can grow and develop the way that you need to in order to be successful. Right. You know? And that's that's all I focus on when it comes to... Um, that that type of subject, I guess. No, I agree. I think there is nothing that's more powerful than someone who is comfortable with who they are. And not just comfortable in who they are as if I don't want to improve myself, but they like who they are. Like, I yes, like me. That's very important. I'm okay with who I am. And I know where I'm going. You know, I, I know what I have to bring to the table. And nothing you can say can really rattle that core now of course we're gonna we're gonna be in situations where someone says something that may upset you i mean that's life but your foundation has to be strong like you have to be centered in who you are and you have to be very attuned and aware as to the processes that you're going through because you will change but within each change and evolvement that you have within yourself you still need to be comfortable within that as well because if not people can sniff that out people can take advantage of you then people get to tell you who you are Mm -hmm. and that will destroy you Mm -hmm. because nobody knows who you are like you do facts you know so i just i i want that for both of them i want them to be very confident and assured into with who they are and in their growth process as they're changing and part of that is just having a strong core and foundation i.e. family, because they'll always have somewhere to turn to. They'll always have some place and people that can ground them and remind them of who they are because they know where they come from. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one thing of all things that I'm, I'm striving for. Yeah. And what, what, what type of movement do you feel like you need to make like within yourself in order to reach a place where you can continue to have that mentality? Mm, that's a good question. So I think it's important to be as centered as possible within yourself and know how to Well, let's speak up a little bit. We got some guests out there. We got <laughs> Um, Be as centered within yourself as possible. And it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to always be okay with you. Uh Like for me now, I'm going through a process where I don't even really have time to deal with a lot of my own shit. 
because I'm in mommy mode all the time. And when I'm not in mommy mode, I'm in employee mode, which I'm hoping to get out of soon, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think as long as you have a good sense of self-awareness, like I know when I'm burned out, I know when I need to take a break, I know when I need to step back from a situation, you know? I know when I need to go ahead and get them bathed and in the bed because I'm about to lose it. Yeah. You know, I think as as long as you have a good self, a good sense of self awareness, you know, everything else is going to fall into place. And your kids, I think our kids know us better than we give them credit for. They do. They, they not, like, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or before we started about the um, the feeling. Oh yeah, I did. I, we just fucking were talking about it. That's the reason why they know exactly who we are better than us sometimes is that they can feed off that energy and they know the raw emotions. Like, they've seen it all. Like, when they... Literally, when you think about it, before they even knew what their consciousness truly was and they were just kind of going through the motions, they were soaking us up at our, like, our rarest and rawest. Yeah. As, like, little infants. That's their blueprint. They know us way better. Yeah. They they grew up in you. They heard yes, every they conversation, did. you know what I mean? The connection to a parent to a child is so important because it's that deep. You don't know anything more than you know the person that raised you. It goes beyond even exp- explanation, quite honestly. Like, that's that's your soul embodied in another form. Like, that's you. It's all you. And the result of whatever that is you have to look at yourself. So in the moments mm-hmm. where they're doing something that may be displeasing to you, or that you don't agree with, or that you question, or that you may get nervous or fearful about, you can do nothing but turn that question or emotion back around to yourself and say, how have I contributed to that? Now, granted, they're their own individuals. They're going to be themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, but we're molding them. Yeah, absolutely. Every step of the way. Every step of the freaking way. Um, That's hard. You know, do you sometimes feel encouraged when you see our children and the way they interact with people? Or do you sometimes feel discouraged because you know that if you were even better, like, this is how I think for myself. It's like, if I can't, if I'm not better, like, if I was better for them, then they their potential would be reached so much more, if that makes sense. When you say if you were better for them, what do you mean? Better in what sense? Um, showing them true examples of what it is to truly be able to succeed in happiness and comfort internally, right? Which I think is way more important than anything. In a world where that's it's not it's so easy to get distracted by the shit. I don't think that you're necessarily not showing them that. I don't necessarily think that either one of us are not showing them that because every day we get up, we're putting our best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Like every day that I get up, even if I know it's not going to be a great day emotionally, I'm aware of that and I make the adjustments to make sure that that doesn't rub off too much. Now, I'm not perfect. You no, know. But 
that's when I that's why I'm saying it's important to have a sense of awareness because if you're aware of how you feel, you can make those adjustments into how you're treating the people around you mm-hmm. and how you're coming off to the people around you. So internally, no, I may not be having a good day. I'm going to still be very, very much of a realist around my children because they don't need to get have the false sense that everything's always all good because it's not. And people have bad days. But even within your bad moments or within your down moments or within the days that aren't well or you're not at your optimum, you can show them how to persevere through that because they are going to have that in their life. So you're the example no matter what kind of day you're having, no matter what point in life that you're in. That's still a valuable teaching tool for them. You cannot always be on the up. That's not how life works. Mm-hmm. It's really in your lows that you're you're growing and you're you're teaching them how to come out of it. If they never see you go through anything, if they never see you down, if they never see you human, mm-hmm. you're giving them a false sense of reality. Yeah, sometimes mommy cries, but that's okay. Mommy knows that she's loved and mommy still loves you. And mommy's going to be okay. And we're going to continue to go on throughout our day because life continues to move on. You take that time that you may need emotionally because you're going to have times where you cry and you have to be able to, you know, mitigate that within your own body and within your own spirit. Calm yourself down and then go on about your day because you can't crawl in the bed and not live life as much as sometimes you want to. We can't do that. That's not an option. So I don't think necessarily you not being at your best or you not being better for them, so to speak, is damaging to them. I think that is what's helping develop them into better people. Like Cameron, all all the poor thing knows is change. <laughs> you know, I don't know about that. I wouldn't say that. That's Come all he now. knows is change. Oh, Sway. That's his whole life. No, it's That's not. That's his whole life. That's not the only thing he knows. That's one of the knows, sweetest people that you He meet. knows love. He knows love he like knows motherfucker. Love, but he understands friendship. He does, but he's been thrust into a lot of change, and a lot of things have abruptly stopped or started for him, and he's had no choice but to adjust. Not necessarily to my comfort, because there's been times where I just want to make sure my baby's okay, but... Our hands are tied and he just has to get through this the way we all have to, whether that be a new school, a new home, you know, someone no longer around as much as they used to be, whether that's you, grandma, other family, whomever, you know, we just have to make that adjustment and it's okay to have emotions about it. It's how you deal with that, you know? Um, it would absolutely, man. Those kids through, like, this phase of my life are my, my, my rock, right? They're my solution to everything. They're my why, right? They keep me sane. I never have a bad day because those two exist, you know? And I have a true responsibility to them. So no matter what I'm going through, I always think about what do they see, right? What type of energy am I presenting to them? Right? Um, And I just want them to be able to be at at their... I want them to be able to learn from that. Right. You know? And that's to, to impact the way that they handle things because I feel like all of us... A successful parent to me is someone who tries to continue to educate the next generation. 
Right. But you know there's going to be some stuff that's going to get messed up. Because we're human. Oh, we're, of course. I don't know what and, that stuff is going to be. And, but, but that's the thing. <laughs> like, you know, that's the thing. It's all about progression, not perfection. Mm. Right? Yeah. So if you're so worried about what are we going to mess, we ain't God. We don't even know a quarter of what's out there to mess. Emotions, feelings, responsibilities, capabilities. Everybody goes to a different story. So let's just do the best that we can with with the tools that we got. You know? Amen to that. I don't know. Amen to that. Yeah? Well, you got to give 100% of yourself every day. Now, that's going to look different every day. Because all you have may be different from one day to the next. But again, they know you. They know your heart. They know who you are. And I don't think there's any any point in time where they feel unloved. I don't think there's any point in time where they don't feel like they can come to either of us and get a hug or affection or whatever it is that they're they're needing. And they know how to seek that out. And I think that's very... Um, Very organic and innocent and at the same time amazing about them is because although they're not conscious of it, they know what they need. And I can determine that based off of their behavior. Mm-hmm. Like when Cam gets in trouble or we've had to raise our voice, soon thereafter he's asking for a hug. And I always say, well, why do you want a hug? Or how are, are, do you feel sad or are you feeling upset? You yeah. know? And that's his that's his version of seeking reassurance at this age. That's what he, that's all he knows to do because he can't verbalize how he's feeling. So we have to help him through that. Like the other day when he slammed Nova's fingers in the door, uh-huh. and I freaked out, and yeah. she started crying, and you could see it all in his face. He felt horrible. He didn't know how to verbalize how he felt, that he was sorry. Oh, my God, I didn't mean to do that. Shit, adults barely you know? know how to verbalize that shit. Let's be real. Well, I'm trying to raise something better here. Exactly. You know? Exactly. He didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And all he knew to do was to crawl in the bed. And he asked for a hug and he put my arm around him. And I said, are you upset? And he said, yes. And I said... Why is it because you didn't... I said, no, everyone makes mistakes. I said, I know that you didn't mean to slam her fingers in the door. I said, it's okay. I know you didn't mean to. Do you feel bad about that? And he said, yes. He couldn't verbalize that, but he physically was seeking out the comfort and the... It was a physical apology, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think it was too much chaos for him to... Afford it's like you said, it's hard enough for an adult to come and say, Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that, let alone that someone that's four. Yeah, you know, but I you have to be in tune to them to take that time to realize that okay, not only is she upset, but he's feeling something too as a result of being the reason that this happened. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's a lot. <laughs> so, so I think two things when you tell that story. The first thing is. The like the overall retrospect of like looking how these kids are developing and the way that, you know, you have to just in generally just break down moments and situations to them so they better understand them. 
right? And then the selfish side of me thinks that I was here when that was going on. Why was I not in that conversation? And I think it was work-related. I think I was on a business call or some shit when that happened. Mm-hmm. And that is a moment that I look back on. And I'm like, damn, like that was a really... Yeah, that's like... In my head when it happened, it was like talking business. Oh, yep, I remember when that shit happened to me when I was little. I know his fingers are probably killing him, but he'll be all right, you know? Or should I... And like continue my conversation. Or do I put that phone down... And say, hey, I'm going to call you right back. Or, you know, hold on for a minute. Let me figure out what's going on. You know? I just, have to say... Just to be there, like, next to him in that moment. But then then I think about an example. Right? And then I think about, like, if... From Cameron's perspective... From Cameron's perspective... He closes his sister's fingers in the door... It's happened to all of us. Car door, door door, (laughs) locker, whatever. It's happened, right? And you know the way that he feels and he's upset. So him having somebody that can like nurture in nature that he loves and respects and turn to as well as he's somebody that like, I only move when I have to, son. I'm a grown ass man. Type of vibe, like from his perspective. Potentially. 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 Not saying that that's what he sees, but that can be an example of what a man, how a man handles certain situations. Potentially. Right? (laughs) So, Um, like, I I know you're going through some shit, you're going to be alright, and I trust your mother to be there for him. Yeah, I think, honestly speaking, when that was going on, I, I I was surprised that you did not um hold that phone call for that moment for different reasons. I think at that point in time, I was surprised that you did not check on her. And maybe because you didn't see you didn't see what I saw. Like you didn't I'm, see I'm sure it's exactly what I've what's probably happened to all of us. The finger gets stuck in a fucking jam. The, like the door closed. The door was closed. Closed. I heard it, it was like do do and I was her like, finger oh, was in there. And and like, I- <laughs> just visually, it was horrifying for me. So yeah. in my head, it's like, how could he not? But I still have to take care of the moment. I didn't really think about you showing up for him in that moment. Yeah. I was thinking about you showing up for her uh-huh. in that moment. Because I saw the pain that that would have caused any of us. But yeah. it it's the interesting perspective <laughs> of... <laughs> And talking about how, yeah, I had to be there for both of them at that point in time. I didn't connect the dots with you being there for him so much as you being there for her because she was the one that was physically injured. Mm-hmm. But still having to perform first aid on his feelings. Yeah. Because he really felt bad. I know he did. He really felt bad that, he, he, did. that he did that. And at the end of the day, that's why we tell you all the time, be careful. <laughs> be Careful, and you don't tell understand. You too. Be careful. She right around the corner. She looking at you, bro. Yeah. Run around. It's okay. All right. It's just gonna happen, or you know. That was intense. But I also this. saw that I grew in that moment too because I know 
how I used to cry when Cameron would fall on Buster's face when he was the only child. Oh, and man. I couldn't deal with that at you all because I was a wreck. I could not tolerate seeing my baby hurt. Like, That's hilarious. And I couldn't come to his aid because I was crying too. I couldn't let him see me like that. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I've grown up a little bit and now I, I can... Well, you've been through some bumps and bruises. <laughs> child tribulations. I can get it together. Like when I walked in this morning, knock on the door, I'm expecting, hi, Dada. No, I get crying ass Cameron first thing in the morning. But yeah, <laughs> I'm like what are you crying about? You told me I don't even remember at this point. Oh, he ran into a wall or some shit. We ran into each other. <laughs> you ran into each other. Okay. And quite frankly, I might have stiff armed him a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I might have stiff armed him a little bit. I didn't see him coming. He was flying around the corner. <laughs> we were both going in the same direction. Next thing I know, we was just. A lot of hands in the way. And so he probably got mushed in the forehead a little bit. He fell. <laughs> I was trying to do like, get up, get up. You're fine. And he wanted to tell it all. Like, no, I'm upset. I'm trying to hurry up and dust him off real quick. Like, that's your daddy. You all right? You all right? You good? <laughs> oh, man. He, but, you know, he's going to tell it. He's gonna tell it. I walked in like, what the fuck is going on in here right now? He's fine. He's fine. Good morning. You're like, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. I'm like, <laughs> damn. You know he's gonna tell it though. Tell exactly what happened. But nah, I didn't get that full That's story. why we say stop running in the house. That's exactly why so we say So it was all his fault. Stop running in the damn house, kids. I was in a light sprint. He was running. <laughs> and there we go. Should've listened. <laughs> Cam Cam, it's my boy. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I don't know. I can talk about the kids all freaking day. You know that I love them to death. Do you feel like your um, impact as a parent is where you'd like it to be overall, though? No. <laughs> okay. That's a hard and fast no. It's a hard no. It's a hard no. <laughs> and if they could verbalize it, they would disagree. Because I think at this age, they their parents are their heroes. We're gods right now. Right. I've got to enjoy this phase a lot more. Yeah. But. That's why it's so important to get it right right now. You know all that you want to be. So you, it's hard to ever feel like you're being enough. Especially for humans you created do you ever feel like you're being enough to them will i ever have that feeling of yep i've done everything i'm supposed to do i think it's more important to be enough to you right it is but that's not the question you asked me the the question what i asked you yeah was that do you ever feel like what the fuck did i ask you (laughs) don't judge me you know the situation i'm in right now damn it do i ever feel like shit do so, I ever feel like I'm enough? I'm having the impact that I want to have. Impact, yes, yes, you're right. And I think, like, for me, in order to have the proper impact, the biggest impact is being true to oneself. Because I don't have the answers, right? But once again, if you're copying or you're learning from what I present to you, it's important that what you're learning from is being honest and true to yourself and able to grow with it and through it. Well, that's, how, that's why I have to get me right. 
Because yeah. if that's my ultimate goal is to raise people who are good with themselves at the yeah. foundation, yeah. I have to embody that. You gotta live, yeah, you gotta live that shit. Cause that, it, that's, that's all that they have to see. Again, yeah. it doesn't mean perfection. Oh, no. It just means that whatever the we whatever stop we're on on this roller coaster, she's she's getting through it. She's persevering. She's doing what she's got to do. She's handling business, and she's she's taking care of me, and my needs are met. You know, and I I'm looking at how she's handling whatever adversities may come throughout life, and this isn't the end of it. There will as long as we live, there will forever be more. Yeah, you know, um. But I I never forget that there are two people watching me ever, ever. I think that they have. They they are my sur they are my survival skill. Mm-hmm. How much of that same thought process goes into co-parenting, right? Like I think about that a lot. Like, I think about, once again, what I saw that was, and then I think about how it affected me, and then how could I, in this point in time, affect them better? You know? Yeah. I mean, they're they're so very young right now. You know? A lot. A decent portion of it won't even be remembered. Um, I feel like it'll be eternalized, though. This is not the stuff they remember, but this is their blueprint, right? The energy. Like we were talking about before. It's so important. It's so important, because this is like... When you do start remembering shit, you're going to remember shit because of the way these times made you feel. You definitely remember feelings more so than you do events. You will remember how something made you feel whether that be a scent a song two people in the same room together and your feelings when that happened whatever or when somebody came over like you no you don't forget that um my goal is to just be as age appropriate honest with them as possible because I think that that level of honesty is needed and it's hard for me to like stay away from not reflecting back on the past because it's done and what made me me has happened you know kind of as he said mm-hmm. but I guess some things don't come up unless you're in that situation and some things don't come up until you're of age and, you know, whatever. Um, But there's a lot that I have learned in this last 12 to 18 months. I mean, a lot. And I just want my children to understand my heart. They're not responsible for my heart in any facet. But I want them to know my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think in knowing, for me, in in learning to understand my, my parents, either of their hearts, has led to a lot of understanding 
and a lot of healing and a lot of forgiveness and a lot of just enlightenment, quite honestly. Because you you see, again, you see their heart versus what's in your head about them or what's in your head about a situation. And and you get to understand them as humans, right? Right. Even like on just a physical level rather than like a spiritual one. You, you get to understand what they thought in those moments and get to, like, on that Watchmen shit. Oh, you haven't watched it yet. Okay, so let me say this. I'm not in a, an alone TV watcher. I like, I, like, <laughs> I like banter. I like back and forth. I am that annoying female that won't shut up because I have questions. I want to know what Facts. you know about the background. Facts. I want to try to piece things together before the end of the show. Why, why must you be so I, difficult? Just go along for the ride. I enjoy watching TV with other people. Like for me, t- television is not a solo act, and I'm kind of alone in that. But I enjoy watching TV with another person. It's a I damn really do. Shame. Well, I guess it's nice. It's a nice tradition. But in today's world, everybody's like caught up on stuff, so like they'll make statements and shit. And you don't understand it because you're one of the only humans who hasn't seen it. Like, I haven't seen The Joker yet. I haven't either. Right? Welcome. But but it's a damn shame. It it's is. It's a damn shame. Like, it is. Joker should have been seen in some way, some form, somehow. Well, you know, it should By have. Now. It's on DVD now. I can get a fucking red box. Is it really? Yes. Oh, okay. Dropped like last Tuesday. Thanks. <laughs> Damn shame. That was fast. <laughs> that was faster than I expected. It's a new world. You gotta pop that All right, now, so that is a movie I can watch t- to myself. I'm just so worn out at the end of the day. I don't care about TV. I just yeah, want to but you'll sleep. you'll you'll take that last hour and a half doing something. True. Right. It's not like you're asleep during that time. This is very true. So, but it's, it's, if it's, I it's had all about to... what you make time to do. Absolutely. And think on and focus on it. Absolutely. Yeah. But TV probably would not, if I were to optimize my end of day time every day, mm-hmm. TV could not be part of that time. TV could not be part of that time every day. Uh-huh. Maybe twice a week. There's so much, so many other facets of life that I need to invest in outside of watching television. Now, TV is a good way for me to clear my mind. It's a good way to escape. And, you know, tune out the world I live in to go into Uh someone else's world. But personally, I wouldn't feel productive if I spent more than a a couple nights a week watching an hour or so of TV. Now, I'm not saying I'm more productive now. That's something I'm working on. Uh But when I make that decision to be more productive consistently, I know that I can't integrate TV as being a major part of my end of night process, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I get that 100%. I think productivity is like the biggest thing that adults even work on. Like on every level. I've met people on different levels in their life, different salaries, all that shit. And people always are like, damn, I could be doing more. <laughs> like, this is some bullshit. You know what makes it hard too is that I work in an environment that's very production based. Mm-hmm. You are judged on your production, period, and held very much accountable for what your productivity is. So I spend all day, literally, on the hamster wheel, 
So at the end of the day, and this is this is an excuse. I'll preface that. This is an excuse. But I don't want to be that productive because I've spent all day producing for someone else when I, in fact, should be producing for myself. So yeah. it's, it's all about my mindset, quite frankly. I can't even put that on, on the I workplace. Don't think, I don't but... think anybody really wants to be productive. I think every like person that stays productive does it out of sheer will and then it becomes like a natural part of their being. But that's like, what needs to happen. Routine. Like, but I don't think anybody, like, naturally wants to just be, like, ripping and running all the time. I think it's a natural feeling. Because if it was, there'd be way more successful people. So, I don't always equate productivity to ripping and running. Again, we're talking about actually... Even emotionally. Yeah. Right? Even emotionally. Like, what you do, like, mentally, what do you do with that time? Yeah. Right? Are you reading books or are you... Hiking or you, whatever you're doing, it takes you doing more than sitting on your fucking ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like, what, what, whatever level you're at, the big thing is, I could be doing more. Even if you're running marathons, it's like, right. yeah, but I haven't beat my last, my best record from right. three years ago. But I that's, be doing that's more. what sets certain people apart, you know? And I'm not saying that it needs to be in a rigid routine of, Every night at 9 o'clock, I'm doing this. If you get to that point, great. If that's what works for you, great. But to feel more productive for myself, I know that there needs to be at least a couple nights of the week where I'm purposefully, maybe not wanting to, but willfully, as you said, making that time to pour into something different that's outside of internet, as we spoke of earlier today, yeah. in the, the trap that you get caught in with anything connected to the internet, whether that be TV, That's, your telephone. Your phone is you like know. the most powerful TV out there, I mean. Right. It's, apps, it's TV on the apps, go. There's apps that show the Joker right now. It's TV on the go. It's everywhere. Anything <laughs> to keep you distracted from yourself. Absolutely. To keep you distracted from what's really going on in this world. To keep you from... I feel like they want us glazed over. They want us glazed over. They want us not paying attention. They Self-development is a threat mm-hmm. to certain people in this society. Us as individuals, self-development is awesome. But damn, if everyone really worked on themselves, we can't have that. Mm-hmm. If everyone really started paying attention, can't have that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. But I don't want to be a zombie. I don't want to be a zombie. It's hard, but I don't want to be a zombie. I've done good. It's the consistency with me that I have to. I have to get better at. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. goes against. But but remember, it's not necessarily being a zombie more so than just like. It it's always hard at first, right? Always, like even in working out. The, like those first that first week where you consistently go for a week or two, it's hard. You don't want to go not one of those fucking days. I guarantee it, not one. That first week and a half, two weeks, but then the shit start becomes a habit because you see changes, and now now you're like I can't yeah. I can't go a day without getting addicted to I, results. I, like exactly said. addicted to results. So if that that takes that takes the days of just saying, "Fuck you, finish this," like like, and it could be small things, 
but it all translates. It does all translate. But how do you keep someone motivated in a society that has everything literally at our fingers? On demand. Whatever we want, whatever we need the answers to, right then, right there. Food, um, information, television. It's all at our fingertips. Everything's made convenient. Mm -hmm. Everything, Everything is everywhere at all times because of our need to satiate our desires immediately. So when the results are delayed, when real results are delayed, and you can't get those fast, you know, how do you stay in the race? How do you maintain that consistency when the results that you want to be addicted to are further on down that line? Mm-hmm. They're not immediate results. So I have to keep have something to keep me going until I can get to a result. Having faith that a result is coming to have something to get addicted to. Okay, that finally worked after one year. Now no. I'm. <laughs> it could be You're a so year. You're so dramatic. I'm not dramatic. So are it's you. It's going to take it could a, be a year, year to finally work. It could be. I, I, I feel like if things are working, then in, instead of thinking about like an end goal of where you'll be quote unquote happy, if you focus on the journey and knowing that you're making progress then then you're enjoying it. How do you, you know, know you're I mean? making progress? Is because, there a result? Because just like now, you can look back at the person that you used to be and say, oh, I thought about things differently at this time in my life, right? So you can accelerate that same type of productivity where you can learn things by stepping outside the box a little bit, by you know pushing yourself and trying to develop yourself. And as long as you're doing that on whatever rate, you're still going to be able to look back at that old person and say, I'm making progress towards happiness. I 100% agree with that, but I still quantify that as a result. To me, that's still a result. There's something about whatever process that you went through that you saw something within or at the end of that process as a result that made you want to feel that way again, see that again, I, I think that people generally say process and they'll understand that a process is a fucking process. There's going to be ups, there's going to be some fucking downs, there's going to be some some shit that's going to allow you to be able to learn, right? On this level, in this type of world. This shit is like the, the everyday shit that people go through in this, on this planet, in this country... Is so intricate, and there's so many different points of views that there ain't shit that you know about shit. So just enjoy the journey, and wherever you end up, just make sure that you treat people the right way, and that that you stay positive, and that you can move forward. Well, yeah, self improvement is a never ending process. Facts. Well, with all that being said. We're going to get right back to you on part two of this episode of 456. Yep.